Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The morning of February 14th had finally arrived. As part of the Student Council fundraiser, Harlan Cohen had sent carnations to three unsuspecting girls, Melanie, Susie, and Jenny. Jenny was a long shot, to be sure. Harlan thought there might just be a chance to attract at least one of the girls. And he had to cover his bases. If, he, if one of them sent him a carnation that went unreciprocated, well, it would be over before it even began. All week, Harlan had been thinking about the carnations and wondering who would send him one. There were a couple of girls who might have their eye on him, and there was always the possibility of being surprised by someone out of the blue. Finally, 30 minutes into math class, on that Valentine's morning, Harlan spotted the student council delivery person coming their way. Mr. Aaron reluctantly suspended his lesson to help organize the distribution of the massive bouquet of carnations. Harlan tells the story like this. As Mr. Aaron shuffled through the thick stack of cards, the room filled with anticipation. At long last, Mr. Aaron finally had our full attention. He announced the names on the cards as he delivered the goods. Neil, Brad, Brian, Amy, Anne. The list went on for a good 10 minutes. Flowers began sprouting up on desktops all around me. Some guys were already on their second and their third flower. One guy had even scored a good half dozen, even though it was public knowledge that he had a girlfriend. The reality was that he already had six times as many flowers as me. The list was coming to an end, and there were still a good six or seven of us in the room holding nothing but a pencil. We had no flowers, no cards, and only a small bit of hope that one of the remaining flowers would be for us. Mr. Aaron read the last couple of names. Two more for Neil, and oh, oh good, one for Harlan. Yes, there was one for me. Total relief. I had a pretty good idea who had sent it to me. I looked down at the card and it confirmed exactly what I expected. It wasn't from Melanie, it wasn't from Susie, 
and it certainly was not from Jenny. The card simply read, Happy Valentine's Day, Love, Harlan. My friends asked me who sent it, and I told them it was someone very special, and I left it at that. As we mark this brisk Valentine's Day together, what a perfect occasion to talk about love. Romantic love is wonderful, and it gets most of the glory on this holiday. We also hold profound love for children, family, friends, nature, pets, books, art, chocolate, baseball, the list is endless. These loves fill our lives with meaning, purpose, and sweetness. But none of them is as foundational as the love that we have for ourselves. The bedrock of a great life begins with choosing to love yourself. Louise Hay, best-selling author and founder of Hay House Publishing, says this. After years of individual counseling with clients and conducting hundreds of workshops and intensive training programs around the country and across the world, I've found that there is only one thing that heals every problem, and that is to know how to love yourself. When people start to love themselves, it's amazing how their lives get better. They feel better. They get the jobs they want. They have the money they need. Their relationships either improve or the negative ones dissolve and new ones begin. She describes loving ourselves as having a deep appreciation for who we are and accepting all of the different parts of ourselves, our little peculiarities, the embarrassments, the things we may not do so well, and all of the wonderful qualities too. We accept the whole package with love, unconditionally. Of course, this is not always so easy to do, particularly in the culture that we live in today. From birth, we are conditioned to be dissatisfied with ourselves. If you're not convinced, scan the magazine covers the next time you wait in the grocery checkout line. The headlines never change. Lose weight, stay young, be sexy. We are inundated with messages about what is acceptable and how disgustingly we are falling short. The rules are rigid and reinforce tired gender stereotypes. Women are to be thin, attractive, young. Men vie for status, money, power. 
These messages didn't just come to be organically. What's really insidious about them is that each one is part of somebody's marketing strategy designed to keep us feeling insecure in order to sell us the cosmetics, gym memberships, surgeries, diet books, and beauty aids that will fix our problems. Imagine what we could do if we channeled all of the money and all of the energy that we currently spend in the service of self-loathing and redirected it towards eradicating poverty or racism or climate change. No one is immune to the pervasive influence of culture. According to a recent report from the nonprofit Common Sense Media, 80% of 10-year-old American girls have been on a diet. 80% of girls in fourth and fifth grades. And being progressive and smart and well-informed does not make us impervious. We are so conditioned by our culture that we don't even realize when we've adopted the rules of the oppressor and are using them to shame and to disparage ourselves. We plan to love ourselves someday, but hold back just until we lose the weight, earn the raise, buy the house, get the ring. The good news is that we can choose to change. We can recognize when we are basing our self-worth in the external world and putting conditions on our love. When we are harsh with ourselves, we can pause long enough to say, wait a minute, whose standards are these? We can choose to love ourselves just as we are right now. You may not know that my internship at Arlington Street Church actually started in the fall of 2014. For the first year, Reverend Kim and I met monthly by phone to get to know each other and to prepare for my arrival as your intern minister. As you can imagine, our conversations were always a highlight of my month. One day we were talking about some growing edge I was wrestling with, and Kim said, there is nothing you need to change. You are perfect exactly as you are. And here are some strategies you might want to consider. <laughs> I was so profoundly moved by these two simple sentences. There is nothing you need to change. You are perfect exactly as you are. I don't think anyone had ever invited me to just be whole and complete as I am. No improvements necessary. This is what it looks like 
to love and accept yourself. To choose to begin today just might be the most important decision you ever make. In the late 80s, a generation of young men was being obliterated by the AIDS virus. One of our neighboring UU congregations organized a weekly healing service. Knowing full well that physical recuperation was impossible and that the most powerful thing they could offer was spiritual healing. To help these men die fully released from lifetimes of shame, fear, and guilt was a profound gift. Each week, the healing service closed with a tearful rendition of the same song, I Love Myself the Way I Am, by Jai Josephs. What must, it, what must it have felt like to sing these lovely words to a room full of beloveds facing their final days? Here are the first couple of stanzas. I love myself the way I am. There's nothing I need to change. I'll always be the perfect me. There's nothing to rearrange. I'm beautiful and capable of being the best me I can. And I love myself just the way I am. I love you the way you are. There's nothing you need to do. When I feel the love inside myself, it's easy to love you. Behind your fears, your rage, your tears, I see your shining star. And I love you just the way you are. The song was a love offering that said, you are free and you are dying loved. What a profound message to hear after a lifetime of being told that something is wrong with you. Transformation happened so quickly with these men. They simply had no time to waste on hating themselves or anyone else. Do we have to wait until we are dying to heal our hearts and love ourselves? What are we waiting for? Let us commit to not wasting another moment. My friends, in the spirit of Harlan and Queen Cheryl, I invite you to send yourself flowers and attach a message of love. Notice when your inner critic rears its ugly head and ask, whose standards are these? Hear me when I tell you, there is nothing you need to change. You are perfect, exactly as you are. Go forth and love yourselves very, 
very much. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.